0: My name's Dino. I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict. Um, drugs are in my story, so I hope I don't offend anybody. Um, you can do that. Um, I got a date of um, March 3rd, 2020. Or the 19th. 20, 2020. Yeah, sorry. I'm getting old. See now. I... Uh, Started drinking when I was around uh, 14. Alcohol was in my uh, family. It it was around my family a lot. I'm I'm I got a, a four brothers and a sister. Um, I seem to be the only one that has a problem with alcohol and drugs. Um, most of all, my other brothers uh, kicked it, no problem. But I just seem to have a, a problem with it. My dad uh, drank a lot. He drank every night. And um, he wasn't an angry drunk by no means. He actually, it made him happy when he was drinking. So it was kind of, he had a temper on him. So when he drank, we, we kind of uh, looked forward to him having his first beer because it was kind of hectic when he didn't drink. Um, so I um, grew up in um, a suburb outside of Detroit. Um Um, it was a nice area. I mean, it's a working class area, so it wasn't a, I had a good childhood, everything. Just, I just, um, somehow wanted to escape. I don't know why. I, I I don't know why I enjoyed it. I just did. I, I loved, um, anything to escape from uh, reality, I guess, um, I uh, um, started um, drinking, you know, like I said, when I was 14, so I, I mean, I didn't drink every day at that age, I just, anytime I'd get my hands on it, I would uh, be drinking, me and my friends would uh uh save it up and have somebody buy it for us or whatever, and we just drink, um, I uh, moved out here and uh, that went on. So I uh, moved to California. I moved out here in uh, 1981. Um a long childhood friends and everything were gone. I didn't have nobody out here but my brothers, of course. But, you know, they all had their own life and we enjoyed different things. Um, sports was a big part of my life until, um, I did get involved with drugs in ninth grade. Uh, I, uh, stopped playing baseball and got into the wrong crowd and got into, uh, drugs and, and alcohol wasn't much of a issue. I mean, I drank, but it was more about drugs at that point. Um, I was about 17, 18, you uh, know everybody I knew was smoking pot and doing, um, math. And I don't know if anybody remembers mescaline, but we, we did a little of that, and we did LSD and anything to escape. And, um, I went to three different high schools and ninth grade. So that kind of made it a little rough on me, but I mean, I'm not blaming that on, uh, why I got addicted to drugs and alcohol. I just, I guess I just got that gene. I lucked out with that gene. Um, I did drugs all the way up to uh, 97. I did meth and then I uh, decided I need to quit. I quit the, the meth, but I uh, started drinking again because I don't know, I, I substitute the alcohol with for the drugs, and then I began to drink again, heavy drinking, like, um, at least a 12-pack t- night after work. I mean, I kept my job. I did my job and that. I'm a roofer, so, I mean, I kept working, and but it just, it just got really bad. And then I met my wife in 1997, had a brief relapse with meth, and then I started she, uh, she just told me, and she didn't want to know part of me if I was going to be doing that because she just ended the relationship because of that, that drug. So ended up quitting meth again, and then uh, got into uh, alcohol again, and I started drinking. My me and my wife were both drinking at that point, so that went on until two thousand three. We drank every night, and in two thousand three, we decided that was enough. Uh, She went into rehab. I just quit, and um, we we did good for six and a half years. But we didn't um, we didn't have this program, and um, without this program, it was just it was soon it was going to happen and we we're going to drink again. And we did, we, and then, uh, we relapsed and that went on for another 10 years of drinking and meth. We started both doing meth again and, and um, uh, it, from there it just sprouted downward until, um, uh, just recently 2020, um, uh, we, uh, decided to quit again. Well, she did and luckily she, she's the one that got me off it because I don't know, I wasn't, I was ready to just end it because it was, life wasn't fun no more. Drugs weren't fun, nothing was fun no more. It was just, I was miserable and I know she was. And uh, she went into rehab and I went into an outpatient, Kaiser and we quit again. And now it's been two years, and things are uh, a lot better. Um, I'm so grateful to this program and the people in it. It helped me so much from there. Now, now we're just uh, um, life ain't great all the time, but it's it's more unbearable. Let's put it that way. It's more happy than miserable. Two and a half years ago, I I couldn't say that to myself. It was miserable every day I woke up. I don't even know how I made it to work half the time. But now I I look forward to going to work. I look forward to seeing my wife every morning. We got a really good life. Um, Thank God that everything worked out. And um, this program has been a lifesaver for both of us. And I have nothing but praise for it. And... um, Anybody just started out, just uh, the first thing you need to do is get a sponsor. Anybody it doesn't matter. You can always uh, get another one. and they ain't gonna hold you to like sponsee. You know you don't have to be you don't have to be picky at this point. Just get somebody that's got a, a working knowledge of the steps and have them go through with the steps and things get better, a lot better. And now we're seeing the promises come true and financially and um, um, spiritually. spiritually, I guess. And everything's just really good right now. Um, it's not perfect, but it's getting there. And um, that's all you can ask for. Um, I have a re- I reconnected to my, high, my higher power, which is God and and uh, I uh, have um, a connection with him every day, and um, I try to do good every day. Every step I take is for uh, uh, towards something good, something to help somebody or help my wife or help my daughter or help somebody on the street, anybody. That's what I step for now, and um, that's all I really got. I wasn't prepared. I hope that somebody got something out of this. And uh, thank you.
1: Hi everybody, my name is Kelly and I'm an alcoholic. Kelly. Um, It's great to be here with you all. Um, I'm so grateful for this program and and Dean, thank you for your share. Um, You know, if it wasn't for this program, I, I truly, I would guaranteed I'd be dead or in jail um like that's just and that's just the truth of my alcoholism you know um i uh coming into this meeting with a grateful heart um i have experienced a lot of interesting things this month the month of july truly for me is has been a, a month of humility um I have really experiencing the spiritual principle of humility and let me tell you you know I read in the 12 and 12 cup about a week ago about sometimes it's really painful to be in that you know space of humility um and I just I you know I'm trying my hardest not to feel humiliated and I'll share about that in just a moment but um yeah I I I haven't been on Zoom in a while. Um, but I'm so, so grateful for it. And I'm grateful for Zoom because I haven't I, I am unable to get to in-person meetings right now. So um I I'll start a little bit about what it was like. And then Laura, can you give me like a like a five? No, maybe like a 10. Sure. Like a 10. Sure. Okay, great. Okay. Um, just in case I'm not sober at that point uh, <laughs> okay um, so yeah it's uh, you know a little bit about what it was like I I um, grew up in an alcoholic home and from as young as I can remember um, I had been around alcohol and drugs and um, you know I, I seen the damage it had did to my family at a very young age and you know, things were always just really chaotic, you know, and I, and I couldn't really account, I, you know, being so young, I couldn't really account for why, you know, but now that I'm older and and realize it's, you know, it's the disease of alcoholism. And, you know, it talks about it in our literature that it's a family disease, you know, and I true, that truly is my experience, you know, Um, that it is a family disease. And I've seen it throughout the generations um, and what it's done, you know, and, um, I, I, yeah, so I, you know, and so I was thinking about too, a a thought that I had recently, and then you go, you know, going through step work is, um, how afraid I was when I was growing up. I was so scared. I was in so much fear, you know, and, Um, and not not only and I I remember being young and and looking back like I was really scared of people you know I was really scared of people and the harm that people could do Um, and so I just I realized too like I was never really trustworthy of anybody you know I didn't know how to trust those around me from a young age um and you know good good reason not to the adults in my life were nuts you know so you know it's it's that's it's a fair assessment right it's such a fair thing for me but yeah so you know, I, I was a child alcoholic. Um, I started drinking when I was probably, I was 10 years old when I first consumed cannabis and, you know, probably 11 or 12 when I um, started drinking. Um, and then when I was 13, 14, I started doing hard drugs. And, you know, by the time I was oh, 14 years old, 14 and 15 years old, I was a full-fledged alcoholic. And I truly at that point in time realized that looking back now, um, that's when the the obsession developed, probably when I was 13. And um, you know, and the thing about the obsession with alcoholism is that I I I just want more. And, you know, it's this mental obsession. I, you know, it's it becomes everything I do, you know, um, everything I think about. Um And then that's where destruction and alcoholism in my life comes in, you know? Um, So I, you know, I went through, through my younger years, um, you know, really, really active in alcoholism. um, And I experienced a lot of um, consequences. And the thing about my experience uh, was that, you know, I mentioned it was a family thing. And so I, I got deeper into my alcoholism because I started to be able to like do drugs and drink at my house, like as a young as a young girl. Um, and it was a matter of like trying, you know, I think it, looking back, I think it was my parents trying to control having some control and safety, right? Um, and so yeah i was I was enabled from a young age too, and that's just what the disease looked like in my family and it's unfortunate, and I'm so grateful for this you know for this program that it was able to um help me and and not only that but help other family members of mine so um but yeah i <laughs> I you know I don't know how I graduated high school I really don't know um I have this I truly don't remember it and I'll tell you guys briefly the story um so I don't actually quite remember walking this stage in high school um but I have a friend that I would see every now and then like you know where I grew up at and he'd be like oh my god Kelly so cool like remember we We were so drunk when we crossed the stage, like you had a bottle of alcohol on you on the stage. And like, it was so cool. Like, remember that we were so drunk. And I was like, oh my God, I don't remember that. (laughs) You know, I was like, oh my God, I don't remember that. So like, I think I was 17 years old and I had like a bottle of alcohol in underneath of my graduation gown. You know, and that is a story that I don't remember, but it's told to me because, you know, that's just that is what it is. And, you know, and and it's funny now, you know, um, and then I I think I, I, you know, I continued drinking that night, you know, like it was nothing and I, I, I can't tell you what happened you know, uh, the rest of that night. And that was truly what it was like when I was drinking is I wanted to drink to oblivion. I know like it was never enough. And I am a Jekyll and Hyde drinker. So when I drink, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. I can crawl into a ball and start crying. I can get physically violent with my friends and loved ones. Um, I can, you know, run off, Um, yeah, like, I've, uh, you know, I can, it's just, it's, I never know, but, you know, Dean talked about this need to escape, and that was exactly what it was for me, it was, you know, me to not be in my painful reality, Um, it was a way for me to just, you know, not have to feel anything, and so, you know, I, I, partied really hard after high school up until I was 21. And, you know, for an alcoholic, a young alcoholic like myself, legally able to buy alcohol was a really dangerous thing. Like looking back on that, it was actually really dangerous. Um, And if it wasn't for the fact that I (laughs) truly was broke, um, because I don't know how I stayed so under the influence of a lot of different things, if I truly had, the means to really drink the way I wanted to, I would absolutely be dead. Like there's this, you know, um, but I, I, you know, it was constantly a hustle. You know, I was in that hustle lifestyle of trying to, you know, making sure that I had to do what I had to do to get what I needed, you know? And like I said, it was still never enough. So 21 years old, um, I had a really, Um, interesting bottom with the person that I was dating at the time. And uh, I was in a blackout, like fought her uncle and uh, broke her window and stole from her. And just, you know, it was a really, really bad uh, bottom and I needed to leave. I I didn't want to be here anymore. Um, So I decided to put myself in treatment and um that was in 20 the end of 2013 um and I went back home to my reservation in Montana and I uh we had we have a treatment center there and um I went there and I got some I got some days you know um up until that point I had hadn't had it a sober day (laughs) never even crossed my mind I'll tell you that right now never crossed my mind didn't didn't even think about why would I need to stop um but up until that point you know um I I had gotten 23 days and that was the longest I had had probably in like 10 years at that point you know um so needless to say like I I was miserable (laughs) you know I spent that those 23 days in treatment um you know d- detoxing um trying you know and then they wake you up early and you're like going all day and then you have to sleep at night and yeah it was it was a really interesting experience. Um, I did not finish that program um, i my uh, my cousin died and I left the that treatment center and I went to his funeral and then I ended up getting drunk um, i I had no solution you know um i didn't I had no idea um, about sponsorship. I had no idea about the steps. I had no idea about any of that. Um, and, you know, feeling the grief that I was feeling, you know, I sat in the room with my family and they were passing the joint around, they were drinking. And I was like, all right, here we are back in it again. I tried to go back to the treatment center you know, at least I practiced some honesty and was like, Yeah, I drank and I used, you know, and and they wouldn't let me back in. And so um, needless to say, I got back in again, got into a physical altercation, got kicked out. So like, <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where I'm grateful for I'm grateful for the experience, you know, but I wasn't ready. Like, that's really ultimately what it was, right? Like we have these experiences, you know, as alcoholics, where we find that like, we're just not ready, you know? And I was young, I was 22, you know, I was really young and I really just wanted to be in my will, you know, and I just really wanted to feel good. Um, and so I, uh, came back to California, um, things got ultimately worse, um, I hit another, you know, just when we think we're at the bottom, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like just when we think we're at the bottom, shit can get really lower, you know? And um, I, I, you know, I came back to California. I got really bad into drugs again. And I think at that point, um of my accident. I got into a car accident, but at that point I was like hundred and sixty pounds. Like, and for me that's like really slim. Like that's for me, I'm I'm a like a bigger boned woman, you know, I'm, you know, um and for me that was not a healthy size for me. Um and it was visibly no it was visible that I was on drugs, strung out. Um, so I got, I started this job. I was like, okay, we'll get off the hard drugs. Like, let's get off the hard drugs, you know? So what do I do? And that point is I drink more, right? Come on now. That's just what my alcoholism is, right? Is I drink more. You take one thing away, I got to replace it with something. So that's what happens, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, getting back to this lower bottom is I got into this car accident on, when I was drinking, I was drinking and driving, I was working, drinking and driving and um you know by the grace of god I um did not get a DUI um but I broke my arm I broke my right arm in seven different places so um you know I when I say that this disease has put me through the ringer and I don't truly know how I know how I'm alive. It's by the grace of God. You know, it it really is. It's the grace of a higher power. It's the angels. That's that carry me. It's the, the force, you know, that has carried me thus far. Um, And so, you know, I, I spent the next six months at that point um, laid up, could barely move, could barely go to the bathroom on my own, you know, um, I literally had to be showered and bathed like a child. My mother had, my mother showed up and she was somebody that I, the last person I wanted to see, you know, <laughs> um, but she knew I needed help and, and I, you know, too proud to ask for help, but she offered anyways. And I, I, I reluctantly, painfully said, yes, you know, um, I was in that po- place where it's like, you know, I, I do need your help. I was going to meetings in and out at that time. And the only reason why I was going to meetings is so I can not think about drinking for an hour a day, or I would go there and I would pity party myself, or I would go there and I would rage out. Um, But again, no concept of the steps, no understanding of what a relationship with the higher power looks like, and um, no idea what sponsorship is. So um, I get myself back into school somehow. I don't know how I did that, but I was determined to go to school because the job at that point in time was a dead end job. And I was like, I can't deal with that. Um, So by the grace of God, I was able to go back to school. Um, And that's kind of where things start turning around for me. Um, And then I kind of got a job, like a little tax paying job where it's like it's not under the table <laughs> you know it's like kind of it was a formal job um you know looking back I didn't pay much but it the the work was worth it and um you know and I got to help my community but yeah you know so I started to get like things kind of started to look a little better on the outside you know I, I thought I had been through the worst of it and you know I thought I can control my drinking at that point Point, right um I was off the hard drugs so I'm just smoking pot and I'm just drinking and and I feel like at that point in time like I can control it you know but the truth is, is I can't um as much as I wish I could control my drinking I cannot and that's what separates me from normal drinkers um is that I cannot control the amount of any kind of mind-altering substance that I put in my body I truly can't and so, um, you know, I'm going back to school and I'm I'm trying to balance drinking and trying to balance my schoolwork. And I'm also trying to heal from this. And, um, you know, there's a couple of times where I got just out of it and like messed my arm up and, you know, just things like that, you know, where it's like not able to properly heal and like just blacking out still with this like brace on my arm and like this neck thing like t- I mean it was a sad show let me tell you <laughs> it, was, it was sad you know where my alcoholism had brought me you know when I'm physically unable to like enjoy whatever this thing is, you know it just it was really sad you know looking back and the great the good news is like I have the ability to reflect on those moments in my alcoholism and and just experience gratitude you know that I'm not there anymore so um 2017 you know so if you you're counting years at this point it's four years of me trying to get sober (laughs) at this point you know um but again it's sober my way it's not sober you know the the aa program of alcoholics anonymous way right um and so i finally uh i remember i'll never forget this day it was nothing that like particularly crazy but The day I stopped drinking, um, I remember I woke up, I had a work thing. It was like a work conference or something. And I woke up um, with a craving in which I, reading in the book now is a craving beyond my mental control. And I had known the moment I woke up that day, like I was gonna drink and I was gonna get drunk and I I was gonna go to town. And I couldn't tell you why, You know, looking back, I I don't know why I wanted to, except for the fact that I have alcoholism, right? Um, I probably had a resentment. I probably didn't want to go to that work conference. I probably, whatever, right? And so I remember asking my coworkers, hey, you guys want to go to the bar? Like, let's go to the bar. And um, my coworker said, yeah, sure, let's go. And um, I went and I proceeded to drink more than her. I lied to her, said I was gonna go home. I shut my phone off and I went to town. I started drinking from two o'clock that afternoon and I drank until two o'clock that morning. And I drank um, so much. (laughs) I don't know how much I drank, but I can say I probably drank anywhere from like 14 to 16 drinks within that 12, 12 hour and um, drinking at the bar was new for me at that time I just want to say I've never been a bar drinker although I've been an alcoholic since I've been 14 years old so <laughs> so drinking at the bar was new for me anyways I'm really into what it was like so anyway um I'll never forget that that craving you know the beyond my mental control is my point and um I I blacked out. Uh, I went on a bender, and I come to, and I don't really remember what happened that Sunday. I don't remember what it was a Saturday. I don't remember what happened that Sunday. I don't remember what happened that Monday. Uh, Barely remember Tuesday, and then I come to, and I was in a women's meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. (laughs) (laughs) Would you look at God? Um, So you know, and I. I went to that women's meeting and I shared and it was a step meeting. So of course, none of that applied to me. Right. Um, Ten minutes, really. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, none of that applied to me. And um I, yeah. And then I went back the next week and they were like, wow, you look so much better. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah and that's just kind of where it started you know I didn't immediately get sober because I kept smoking weed and for me my program means full abstinence of all of all substances and alcohol in any form Um, so I didn't quit smoking weed for a couple of months and so that's and that's where the May 13th 2017 comes in um, and so uh, I just celebrated five years this past May, and you know what? And what a grat! Like I can't even believe my life right now. Um. So you know, I worked the steps with one sponsor, changed the sponsor. Um, I've had three sponsors since then, and um, I, I've been working with the sponsor I've had the longest. Um, and she's been my rock through this whole thing, you know, and she's truly a woman of this program and, and, uh, you know, so much grace and it showed me truly how to live my life as a young woman and Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, and, uh, yeah, I graduated college, <sighs> Um, I have this amazing job now that I absolutely love and, you know, I can, and when I started this job, I, you know, really, um, it was like my higher power, you know what I mean? And it was how I was getting my self-esteem and it was how I was getting my self-worth and, you know, I wanted everybody to like me and, you know, why everybody think I was cool. And it's just like, I've learned so much about this job. It's like, it's a job. You know, I have to get my self-esteem, my self-worth, my everything. I have to get that outside of the job, you know, Um, and that's where service comes in, you know, and so... Um, I I've throughout my time in Alcoholics Anonymous, I've had every service commitment you can think of. (laughs) Anywhere from coffee to greeter to to secretarying to running business meetings. And, you know, I've I've learned that um I truly cannot control anyone or anything. I can just show up and do my best, you know, but resentments had de- definitely gotten in the way of my program uh like this time last year when I took a like a step back from AA and I was like you know I'm just gonna focus on growing professionally like that's what I'm gonna do right <laughs> like I'm not gonna have any commitments I'm not gonna have any sponsees I'm just gonna it's gonna grow professionally And I mean, part of that was true, but the other part was like, I just had this really bad resentment towards Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, thank God for my sponsor working with me and walking me through that, you know, but I I come to realize, you know, um, that I, I can't, I can't half it. I can't half ask this program. I'm either all in or I'm all out, you know, and, um, most recently, Um, I had, like, starting over with my commitments, I had picked up a timekeeper commitment, which was the very first commitment I had ever had, and when I, like, really got sober, and then I, um, you know, had that one commitment, and it was guaranteeing me one meeting a week, you know, Um, and then I eventually fell back into my will again, and most recently got into a car accident, and like I said, that's definitely what has brought me to my knees yet again Um, And this car accident was sober. This car accident (laughs) was my fault. (laughs) This car accident was very painful. I'm still dealing with the effects of it. Um, And it's just really interesting how when we're drinking and in our alcoholism, how similar things happen while in recovery. And I get a chance to do it differently this time. And I get to stay sober through it you know, and I've, I'm experiencing a lot of physical pain. Um, I'm experiencing a lot of um, mental turmoil because of the trauma part of it. Um, but nonetheless, like I, my, I remember when this first happened and I was I I couldn't, I was in shock, you know, with what happened with this accident most recently. And um, I was in shock and and trauma brain and physical pain. And um, my sponsor asked me, she's like, are you willing to go to any lengths? And I haven't heard that in a long time, right? Because I've celebrated five years, you know, like I I got this God, you know? Um, But and, and, and it brought me to my knees because then I, that's the question you ask a newcomer. You know, that's, that's the question you ask a newcomer. Are you willing to go to any lengths? And, um, and it just reminded me like, wow, um, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. So since, since this accident, I've picked up three service commitments. I'm secretarying two different meetings and I have an H&I commitment. And I've been doing all this on Bus and Bart and Lyft um, <laughs> in three different cities, And I live in, you know, I have a commitment in Alameda, a commitment in Hayward, a commitment in San Leandro, and I live in San Leandro. I work in Oakland, like, you know, am I willing to go to any lengths? And that's just really what it is. And you know, time is not a tool. I'll tell you right now time having time and and in Alcoholics Anonymous is not a tool and I've learned that now um I definitely don't have it all I don't know everything and I'm so grateful I don't um you know my relationships have been restored I have wonderful relationships you know with the people around me and I'm also learning to let people in again Um, and, you know, I, which is, you know, working on that one, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a hell of a ride and I can say I've learned more about myself this month than I have in the last year and a half. Um, and you know, what it really comes down to is like, I, I have to take care of myself. Um, and a part of taking care of myself is more, is having a program, you know, and then, um, which is, you know, service commitments, going to meetings, talking to my sponsor, working my steps, you know, and that's just baseline. Um, and I'm sponsoring again. Thank God. Um, <laughs> you know, thank God I'm sponsoring again, um, because it was a long time. It, was, it had been a while since I had had a sponsee, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I can't say enough about this program, you know, and and having a higher power is just, you know, it's the foundation, it's the cornerstone of, of the things that I'm able to do, you know, and so I just, I want to welcome anybody that's new, Um, and I, oh, take care, Josephine, glad you were here, Um, you know, and it's just, it's been so great to have a fresh set of glasses, if you will, you know, I have a new perspective on life, and that's what's that's what's guaranteed you know if we work the steps and we take the you know suggestions right it's it's um it's guaranteed so i i believe i'm just about out of time so i just want to say thank you so much laura for asking me to share god's been showing up for me in ways like that like oh hey guess what you get to talk about it again i'm like oh nice (laughs) so you know i i just want to say like humility is really real Um, God can, as quickly as he's blessed me with all of the things that I have and all of the new feelings I have about myself, God, things can get taken away from me just as easily, you know? So the gratitude, the acceptance, um, and the humility is really where it's at and doing my best to stay right sized in this program. And, and as a young, um, you know, native woman and young sober native woman. So thank you so much for letting me share.